to the Michael Yu Podcast. Today's guest is Ross Blue from Oakwood Realty. Ross is a multi-year uh, medallion award member at the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver and one of the top producing agents in our office and we're excited to have him join us today and going to teach us tips, tricks and secrets and his, uh, share with us his life story and he's coming up now. All right, here we are with our guest, Ross Wu from Oakland Realty. Say hello, Ross. Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. Hey, we're really happy to have you. Uh, uh, Ross has been a very important figure in my life for the last uh, five years. He was one of the first agents who ever gave us a chance to work with him um, at our firm, Oakland Realty. So, Ross, why don't you tell me and us how, like, just your just your background, your story, um, you know, where you're from, and uh, yeah, please. Well, before I got into real estate, I worked in the film industry actually for uh, for ten years, and the last five of those years, uh, which actually overlapped into my first year in real estate, was in was actually in visual effects, worked in big budget movies and such, and. Um, so that was kind of my background, and my mom was also an agent for over 20 years over in the North Shore, so I had an idea of what she did, but really didn't really understand what it really took to um, become a medallion member, successful agent. And so when I got into the industry, that was back in 2010, I started out with McDonald, and it was a, a very challenging uh, first two and a half years to really get myself moving forward. And then I met Michael. You know, uh, he called me out of the blue. Uh, Cole called me. He was like, "Hi, you don't know me. <laughs> uh, do you want to come meet up and talk about um, about this brokerage that I'm starting?" And and I remember being embarrassed about it because I was in a McDonald downtown, and Morgan Brown comes walking up to me. He goes like, "What's going on? Where are you going?" And I'm like, uh, "You know, my friend is starting a brokerage." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And <laughs> down the line, she ended up joining and becoming partner, which is really another story in itself. But uh, no, that's sort of how it started. Um, and I'm here today, still thriving almost um, eight years later. Oh, that's awesome. So your background is, you know, you started in 10 years in the film industry. And um, how did that, like, how was that transition? So what did you do in the film industry? Um, like what were your roles? You said you were in visual effects. Like, what was the what was the story behind that, and why you wanted to go into entertainment? I originally wanted to get into entertainment because um, when I was a kid, I really loved movies, mm. and I really loved television. And I thought, wow, I'm probably not that great looking to be in front of the camera, <laughs> so I should probably maybe not like <laughs> learn how to be like maybe a director and learn how how um, directors visualize, uh, storyboard, start putting things together, and how do they you know, start telling a story uh, through moving pictures, which is really what that is. And Vancouver has a thriving film industry, and it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, it was kind of counterintuitive for, for me to go into that direction because everything was so laid out in front of me to be, you know, a doctor, and, and to, to do well in university and go in that ac academic route, that uh, me going into more of a, a technician or artistic route was kind of not that, uh, not seen as being the greatest sort of career trajectory in that sense. Um, but I kept on forcing it and kept on, you know, 
sticking, getting my getting my foot in doors, and eventually I got onto a show called Battlestar Galactica, which I didn't really know anything about it until I started watching the first season, and it was kind of cool. We I ended up being like a visual effects assistant after working a, a year on a on an ABC television show, Life as We Know It, for um, a director, executive producer, where I was basically his assistant, but he was in charge of post production, which led to showing me how things are done. And so I wanted to learn how all these visual effects were done, and I got this awesome position as an assistant on this on this really big TV show that ended up where, where we our team won an Emmy wow. in, in season three, and that kind of started this whole thing because we worked like seven straight days. Wow. Uh, we weren't even allowed to go home, maybe just to go home to go have a shower. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those, and, and it kind of spurred on this whole, um, we're not treated properly, and the union came involved, and, and it started another revolution in the, in the Vancouver film industry after that date in 2008. Fast forward years later, I realized that um, the film industry at that time period was was shifting slightly, and the the difference of the money between U.S. and Canada, and some critics were really shifting the work, and there was union, there were like strike issues, writers issues, and so there was not a lot of work happening, and I was getting older, I was getting to be about over 31, and I was considering like, I can I do this for the rest of my life? Can I? work necessarily uh, 12 to 15 hours a day um, for six to eight months of the year and then take some time off and do it over again. Like, was that the lifestyle that I wanted to see myself? And uh, a hard decision was made in 2010 when I realized that was the end of me if I were to go forward with that. And I had to give up on this dream where it was just kind of sputtering at the time anyways because I wasn't really moving forward. I was just kind of getting shifted from project to project and just being used as a technician to like collect information. It was a cool job and a lot of the stuff that I learned from the job really translated into like how I'd become a really great agent and part of that was just like communication, coordinating between departments, knowing how to do things on time to make sure that everything connected well with each other so there was no lag in time. You can do things more efficiently just because of the way that I'd been trained in my 20s. So. You know, I took a lot of skills I learned, you know, in those other jobs that really helped me become a better service provider. Yeah, being an entrepreneur, I think, is a, um, you know, it's a challenging task for a lot of people um, to, to get started. And the background and the experience and, and the things uh, that you did prior to always have a, a significant impact on, on, on how you conduct your business. And something that I've learned from Ross is, he has a very, very high standard of service that he offers to his clients and uh, communication on a regular basis. And do you think you attribute that to your, your background in film or is that just from as you were a kid or? Service has to do with just, um, I, think it, I think it comes from like having parents that make you do chores <laughs> and make sure that you do it properly and I think that when you get into this type of service industry sometimes you have to go a little bit above and beyond and sometimes you might have to like step in and, and quickly do a, a sweep or like a quick clean before a key turnover on a possession because your seller forgot to do it so you have to go ahead and either hire someone really quickly to do it and if you can't then someone's got to do it and if the seller's not available, well, what are you supposed to do? Not do it. So you can either be that agent that says like, oh, 
too bad, so sad, or you can still make the seller look good and just do it yourself. You know, that's one example. Another right. example is when you have like that out of town client yeah. where you have to like pick her up at her hotel and you know drive her to the airport so she can go home. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's really appreciative. Like, trust me. Like, you know, some clients need that, and and that's, you know, it's a lot of time out of out of our day to do that because we really should be spending our time prospecting and trying to get more listings or buyers mm -hmm. and more clients but um, when you can lend some of your time to do that it can go a long way and can turn into more business down the road that's great so obviously transitioning from uh, the film industry and visual effects and then going into uh, a real estate it must be a little bit of a, a culture shock a change especially working in tight-knit teams in the film industry as as, uh, as he was alluding to earlier so how is it to go from a kind of a team environment to being an independent entrepreneur, what were the positives, negatives, and, and maybe uh, some tips that you would be able to give to people? I'll slow down there, Mike. Yeah, that's a lot, of things <laughs> that's about. a lot, it's a little bit. <laughs> well, shall we start with the negatives? Sure, yeah, please. So the negatives in terms of transitioning from my old industry into, into real estate, well, artist thing was just where to start, motivation. How do I convince people that I already knew to work with me and how would I n even know if they would even be qualified to like be able to buy something and he would give me a list who would he would give me a listing you know all those certain things that I had to figure out and, and the thing when you're starting out it's like whoa do you have an extra hundred dollars to pay for photography when you haven't even made a deal or do you start doing something that your own on your own and I remember like when I when I first started out I had a background in in film and I was a pretty good photographer I would just take my own photographs because that's what my mom did so I thought that's what everyone did mm -hmm. um, and then when when I met Mike Mike was just having his his office girl go to all his listings and take photos with like a really nice camera and that's how he did it too right. so I thought okay this is how you do it but down the road you know the, it became you know you learn the system you start with each listing and you learn the system how to do it better um, Okay, but that's that's not really answering the question. Yeah, so just another the, just the transition. And, yeah, and sort of like another negative would just be like uh, it was a money a cash flow thing too. Like if you didn't have a lot of money um, kind of saved up or a source of income to sort of balance out your dry times, I think that was definitely um, a very uh, difficult part of the transition because you know when you're working full-time or especially in the film industry all you do is just work and you don't really spend a lot of money so you save up a bunch but when you start transitioning into real estate or you're in real estate in your first three to six months it can be fairly lean and so one thing that I really really missed about the film industry when I first started out was like in the film industry you eat for free like there's craft <laughs> services, you get all your junk there and all your nutritious snacks and, and there's catering. And, and when we were in catering, like you could get breakfast in the morning at seven o'clock, you get your lunch six hours later. And if the caterers really liked you, you just packed an extra like meal for like for, for dinner. So you never even got shopping. So it's an extra like, and, and so all your meals were paid for, which was like when you go into- like prison. <laughs> well, it's different than prison. Prison's worse. Okay, you get paid like ten cents an hour. <laughs> but like when, um, but it was funny because I remember working, Mike, and I could I could seriously remember 
going like, oh my god, I gotta spend another ten dollars for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I, I should, I should just go. I should just like bring lunch into work. But when you when you start out, all you do is just work on something like at your business that just sucks up all your time that you don't even have time to make lunch mm-hmm. or clean your house or whatever. Um, but the hardest thing I would have to say was like balancing my finances because there was almost a time in my second year where I actually felt like there was a time that I could go broke and not be able to pay for my car, not pay for my mortgage, and that I would have to go groveling back to my parents and ask for a loan, which I didn't want to do. And I didn't want to like have to like, and I was paying a mortgage and I didn't want to have to like figure out a HELOC to, um, to like kind of sustain, uh, day-to-day activities and, and a, a few lucky things happened along the way. My first year, I was able to um, curry some favor with a senior agent in the office that that took a liking to me. I was like doing open houses for her, and she she decided that she would uh, mentor me a little bit and um, you know help me with my first deal by making me a buyer's agent. But it was like for a fee, and I, she got to keep most of the commission anyways. But she gave me my first opportunity to work for the client. Which was a really, which was really helpful. Like I had another agent had tried doing the same thing for me, but it never really turned into a deal because I was working with these buyers that were really undecisive. And at that time, when you're starting out, it's really hard to to really push buttons to get people to close. Like closing skills are really hard when you start, and it can be a challenge as you go through your career in real estate. So closing was also a challenge transitioning because I had zero closing skills. Like in in film, you don't close. All you do is like pick up coffee. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for giving me coffee. <laughs> or like, so what are the most effective? That's sales? not all you do. In well, film. a couple things. You know, you, you 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 enlightened us a little bit on the financial struggles that a lot of uh, new entrepreneurs or people that get into real estate face. So how did you face those? You know, obviously, um, how how did you deal with them? How's your mentality? Like now or what? Back in that, if you were to go back in time. Oh well, it was an incredibly stressful, like a time where you kind of worried about, you know, like. When you start in real estate, the senior agents, the ones who are nice to you, <laughs> will actually really tell you, like, look, if you're in the industry after year three, you've made it, and you've figured it out how to continue on. And I was in year two, and I had a, how it worked was I ended up doing, I did like 10 deals, I believe, in the first, no, no, seven deals or 10 deals in the first six months or something like that my second year and then in the last half of the year I did nothing it was like back in 2012 and the market was not very good back then right mm-hmm. was the market great in 2012 yeah, it was or, okay it was a normal market but I was not doing well <laughs> nothing was nothing great was happening for me and so for six months I, I made no I was making no business I was getting some leads here and there but you know my cash flow was running out if it wasn't for some family stuff happening, that probably I would I probably would have got into some sort of financial restitution. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> <laughs> repo is gonna come. To no, the I don't door. think repo. I think I would have figured out. I would yeah. have figured something out, but I just didn't want to go there. And I think it was a, a more of an ego thing not to get there. And so that that last year in 2012 was really difficult for me. Yeah. Um, when I first started in real estate as well, it was uh, it was very lean times. It was uh, not in a good financial position to actually start in real estate in the first place. So I'm not like the uh, the model person for getting started, and uh, it was it was a it was a big struggle. So something that helped me whenever I looked at our my finances, um, 
first thing I always did was I wanted to know the facts, the hard facts. I did not want to know, like I, I was always just scared and I just had this, oh, I just have a general amount of debt <laughs> that I just carried and I, I had no idea of what the hard facts were. So, um, you know, for those of you that are getting started in business, it's always good to know your numbers and know the facts. So if you are dealing with some financial issues, first thing you do is you look at your bank accounts, look at how much you're carrying in terms of debts and how those are serviced, and then you calculate um, your, your monthly expenses and the things that you just need to survive, just need to breathe. See, that's really great advice because no one ever told me that, and I just winged it. Yeah. Like, and maybe I was lucky. I think yeah. I was lucky. Well, yeah, I think Ross, you know, I think we all deal with, a lot of people deal with financial strain and issues at, at many times, and it's sometimes, I, I like to look at the black and white of it, and, uh, you know, this podcast is meant to help entrepreneurs, help people that are getting started in real estate or uh, are in the business for quite some time, and just, just know your numbers. I think that that's really key. So um, looking at your bank accounts, looking at your debt, looking at uh, your kind of breathing expense, what it costs for you just to wake up in the morning, what your budget should be for food and entertainment and clothing and all the rest of it. And just really looking at those hard facts, I think is, is really helpful um, when, you, when you first get started and also when you kind of run into some of those issues. But then once you kind of have those numbers in place, you almost file them away and because as an entrepreneur your mindset has to be extremely sharp you cannot be down on your luck you can't be be depressed in front of clients because they are not going to want to hire you as as their as their uh, as their agent so uh, this is something mindset is something that Ross and I have talked about a lot working together so you want to share a little bit of your thoughts on mindset and how important it is and, and maybe your own personal experience yeah, mindset's super important. When you're in a when things are in a good place, of course you're just going to be motivated, and, and I think that you're going to be you're going to want to be at work. You can hear it on the phone. You can like people can hear you smile. If you're smiling, on like <laughs> like when you're talking on the phone, like people know that you're generally like you're you're happy, like and you're you're positive, and and, and that type of energy goes a long way because something and I remember um, a few times where I would I had some you know a breakup or something like that happen you know your motivation's low you're like oh I don't want to work you don't want to come in um, and then you you force yourself to do so and then when you get on the phone with a client you're just like you just don't have the energy or like when you're doing an open house you're not feeling very good and you're you're trying to talk to like the public at an open house and you just you have zero energy it, it just shows and like people don't like that um, yeah. <laughs> like if you imagine like going to um, an Audi dealership or and like talking to like and you there's like five sales guys just buzzing around you and that one guy comes in and he's like Eeyore he's like <laughs> hi how are you it's like you're not going to want to talk to him you're going to you're going to yeah. go straight to the guy who's like hey how's it going you right. know like can i show you can i show you around or what kind of car are you looking for mm -hmm. and and someone who's a little bit more sharp and someone who's more um who's going to give you that right attention the way the, the type of energy that you're looking for because you want to get you want to get someone excited and i remember doing this listing presentation for this this guy who i met at a listing uh that i was selling in this building and you know, a few months after I sold it, he had contacted me and said, like, hey, I want, 
like I would like to interview you so can you come in so I did this listening presentation I, I remember being like in a really I was very positive at that time period and I, I killed that presentation and he told me like the reason why he went with me was because I had the most positive attitude towards um, selling his place over all the other people that even from other recommendations that he had wow. so it was kind of lucky that um, that I wanted I was super excited got it it was just like a one bedroom in a really hard building to sell and at the time we ended up actually you know killing the price per square foot for wood frame at that time in Brentwood so mm -hmm. it was kind of you know it was during that t market that pretty much almost everything sold it's just it's just how you marketed that how how that changed the results if it was you know to be better or not so do you do, you do anything to work on on that mindset or do you just uh, like you just keep it as like a reminder for yourself I think that what keeps me balanced right now is just steady supply of endorphins from exercise. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I think a lot of people forget that exercise is really important for the mind. Um, when you don't exercise, it really, really prevents you from, you know, you can get really just sucked into uh, everything else that you're doing, but if you can give your mind a break to just work hard, like doing something else, uh, you release a lot of that stress and you come back to the table and you can deal with your difficult customers a little bit better and you can treat them a little bit better. So, you know, the results of any sort of interaction just end up being a better interaction altogether. Yeah, I think there's a huge value to, to exercise and, and putting your body in a, in a, in a place to, uh, to be able to have a, uh, a successful business. I think it's really, especially a successful real estate business, we're pretty much like the storefront. Um, and I think when you run a real estate business, how you present yourself, how you look, how you feel, how, how it is. It's basically like the condition of the shop. Let's say we were having a hamburger store, and if the outside of your hamburger shop is run down, looks really bad, and looks out of shape, then <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are gonna wanna go into that hamburger store. So I think being front-facing business, a people business in real estate, putting yourself in a good um, you know, mental state through exercise, I think something that I do for myself, for my mindset is, um, I always try to have good posture and really try to smile as much as possible. And that's a big thing for myself, um, to, to be in a, uh, like in a physical position, to be able to be at my best, I think is, is a really big part of you know, having a, a proper mindset. I went through life coaching as well, as, as, as uh, <laughs> Ross probably knows. And I had a very, very bad mindset when I first started in real estate. I was very down on myself, my business, what I was doing, I was very unsure. And essentially, um, this life coach taught me all these like little tricks about pumping yourself up, having a power move. <laughs> and like before I went to a big meeting, I used to do my power move, which was like kind of looks like the t like how when Tiger Woods hits a putt, he kind of does his power move. And um, and because I was always really down on myself as well, he asked me to in the mirror right after I brushed my teeth to say three good things about myself <laughs> every single day. <laughs> I remember the first time I did that, I was like, well, um, you have hair, you're young, and um, uh, you, you can see out of both eyes. You don't need glasses <laughs> that often. And like, and I remember I had to say three things that like, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'd say three things. And by the end of like two months, I was like, you are awesome, <laughs> you're, you're amazing, you're funny, and then all these other things. And, and it really helped me a lot, actually, to, to have the proper mindset. And, I, and it has huge value when you first get started in business. And, you know, Ross had 
why don't you share your couple, your first two years and then and then kind of when you joined the firm and, and after and how, how it kind of went just from your numbers perspective yeah my first my for numbers perspective sales wise yeah uh, first year was seven mm-hmm. my second year was ten and then prior to joining Michael I did like 12 deals or something like that and then after I joined Michael I did another 13 in the in the second half of 2013 a, a bunch of them were pre-sales so I, the numbers were good I just didn't make medallion in 2013 so um, I was kind of disappointed I think I got like 17 and a half points and I think mm-hmm. he needed like 20 or 21 points to get into medallion that year so I was a little disappointed that I didn't make it so I pushed hard in 2014 and did over like 30 ends mm-hmm. with pre-sales. I don't remember the numbers actually, but I, I remember that was my first year I made medallion, which was pretty cool. And then in 2015, I did like quite a few ends in 2015. It was actually a really great year for me. I did like close to 35 ends, I think too, but a lot of it was pre-sale. Mm-hmm. And I missed medallion by like, a point and a half or something like that and I was just like oh my god (laughs) and then in my in 2016 I think everyone had a great year in 2016 I ended up with 40 something on eds something like that and then 2017 everyone kind of had a shift in the market other people did really a lot better or some people stayed the same or regressed um i didn't hit my 2016 same numbers but i was closer in the 30s like 35 or something like that i think so you've been a medallion agent for how many times three years now so what a medallion agent is is a top 10 percent of the real estate board uh, active realtors over the uh, over the course of uh, one calendar year Um, so you're you'd be classified as a top 10 percent agent in the board and ross has been an award winner for three years now uh, which is pretty fantastic, especially you know getting started doing six and ten sales in your in your first year. So there was a there was quite a marketable difference, obviously, in your third year. So can you share like what changes you made, what you did differently in from your second to third year to have that huge jump because you went from ten to thirty. Well, I think part of it was twenty twelve was really for me. It was just a bad year in general. And I, I think what I was doing in that time period was I still went to work. I still pushed myself to go to do some opens, meet clients, talk to people. And I think that helped me with 2013 because I was setting up business. Um, so even when you're slow, you're, you can be prospecting. And that, I think that was kind of what helped me through is because I kept on pushing through, talking to people, going out for lunch, meeting new people. Um, yeah, you're doing it on a budget and such, but I think that kind of helped to move my 2013 forward because if people didn't know that I was in real estate, I probably wouldn't have got some of these deals that I'd gotten. And if I hadn't met some people randomly at, like, say, my birthday party, I had, like, this 35th birthday party at the Wall Center right, um, downtown. And my intention was to have, like, 35 people wear funny T-shirts and just drop by and I was just inviting like and my friends and then all of a sudden like people were bringing other people and it became like this crazy hotel party that um I don't know someone brought like this huge Texas Mickey of fireball and this other person (laughs) brought like these 24 ounce bottles of like Belvedere and people were like trying to do shots with me and they were like 
and later down the road they were telling me like, well, we were drinking water, you were doing all that. <laughs> but at that party, I met a few. I met a few people that ended up becoming clients of mine. Nice. And they ended up referring me to other people that actually helped. I kind of build that business during that year. So you never really know. You just have to. Um, you have to be you. You have to be who you are. You have to like hope that some people are on your side, and you have to have that luck to like just kind of push through and you never really know where that business is going to come from. You just have to keep on going out and, and being you and being positive. And you, even if it's slow, you have to, you know that you can be building business for the future because everyone is a, is a potential client Yeah. in, in a sense. So I think that is what helped. Um, the other part was that I actually joined you and that was kind of scary because I didn't really know what that actually meant. And I never worked with you before either. I didn't really know like what it was going to be like. Um, and I think that Mike did, you know, help me along the way and help me get some business, show me the ropes in some ways that helped me uh, and teach me to propel myself to another level of pro- professionalism. And I think we, along the way, as we started working together a, little, a lot more in our small little office back in the days. and in 2014 and 15 uh, we learned to like take each other's secrets and kind of expand on that and try to make things better for everybody and standardize it more yeah so you know trying to capitalize on opportunities when they arrive in any kind of places I think a really big part of being an entrepreneur you you will it's funny where you'll meet your best client is in the strangest place maybe you're drinking fireball shots with them on your birthday in a weird t-shirt party or you're like having at a fast food restaurant or at Starbucks or something like that where I met my very best client in, in a uh, Church's Fried Chicken, actually. So, <laughs> so you never know like where you're going to meet these people. And Ross joined uh, our company in, uh, in 2013, and he, I don't want to say a poster boy, <laughs> but pretty much. He's kind of like humbly um, uh, came to work with us uh, in our small, small firm. He really gave us a chance. Uh, we used to be in a 800 square foot, tiny open office, no walls <laughs> in the office on, uh, on Camby and King Edward above a, cu- a cupcake shop and no elevator, no parking. We all walked up the stairs. So I don't know who, all the furniture was from Ikea or bought from uh, an auctioneer in Vancouver called Able Auctions. <laughs> and so everything was, I didn't even, we didn't even have a reception desk. We had a, like a desk from Ikea essentially, um, or it was called JISC, which is not even as good as IKEA. <laughs> and that's where we started um, practicing. And I, I had the opportunity to work with Ross. And when I met Ross the first time, I just had this intuitive feeling, like I just knew. I don't know, like, it, I don't know if you believe in love in first sight, but, <laughs> but like, I just knew I could work with him. Because it's funny, if, you, if Ross and I are walking down the street, we kind of look like brothers a bit. We kind of look the same. We have the same kind of build. He has a better haircut than me, but <laughs> still, like, and, uh-huh. yeah. And, and so, so uh, yeah, I was just really pleased to be able to work with him and, and to see him mature and grow from kind of a newbie realtor to now one of the kind of most respected agents in our office in terms of you know, seniority and, uh, and helpfulness to the agents. He's, he's uh, growing his team out right now. Um, so just in that kind of process, Ross, can you share like when we're back in the old space, when we're back in the old office, can you share some stories and things from the old days? Well, it was, it was like a thousand square feet. And in the beginning, it was just everything was open office. And uh, everyone had like a little section, of, like a little corner to themselves. And then once Morgan had signed on, um, she had her little area. And then we had like 
Damon and Rob join, and they took on like a little desk, and Robin joined, and <laughs> right. he had like a little area. It kind of started forming into like this little office where everyone had like a little section, and in the middle was like this bullpen, and we'd have like sometimes these meetings, and it would be like it would be it's just strange because our first meeting was in the cupcake shop, and we were just like <laughs> meeting each other, and it was just weird because no one really knew each other. But as soon as we started getting to know each other, and we'd have like you know our numbers grew i remember our first event where we had like 30 people in that office and it was like and after a meeting we would everyone would just stay there and it was loud and it was like and i remember sitting there going like i can't work here (laughs) (laughs) i was like what do i do (laughs) no i mean those were that was kind of like how we our humble beginnings and i mean I don't really have any like story stories, but um, no, we but we made it work. I mean, mm-hmm. Michael did his best to even like put together like a small little boardroom in, in, <laughs> in another corner of the thousand square foot square office, and yeah. and big everyone, deal at the time. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal, and everyone made it work. And you know, it's one of those things where you kind of have to experience it and go through it to really appreciate um, you know what you have today. Yeah, I think it's you know it's really funny because I think looking back is, is always a is a good way of, of getting lessons and to really appreciate where you know what you have now and you know I, I think back in those days um, we had so, we had so so little but we were very appreciative but so little well we had we had pretty much everything that we needed back then so it was yeah. even it was the basics it wasn't like it wasn't you know it was, everything was there it was just like we just didn't have our own space um and it was it was just communal and i and i think that's what was really special about the the initial group that came together at the time yeah we were um we were very selective with our first 20 and 30 realtors that we brought aboard our office we wanted to and we still are very selective here at the office now we have a kind of a mandate at oakland that if i myself or Arlene or Morgan or anyone doesn't feel like they would list their own property or, or sell their own property or buy a property with the individual we don't really work with that individual so um, but we felt really compelled in our especially in our first um, you know the first group of agents to to just have agents that we could really be friends with that we could just hang out with and have lunch we Ross and I used to have lunch at least once a week <laughs> uh, back in the old office and and uh, I used to eat like bad Chinese food together and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of good times so hmm. um, we still get a, we still get to do that we had dim sum yesterday with a client so that was good um, so if Ross you were to say three of your big secrets your big take-homes for your business and what makes you a successful entrepreneur what would they be? I think one is a communication style that my clients like. I think another aspect that differentiates is just the way that I actually care about my client. A lot of my the best clients that I have, I think that's what they really appreciate is the fact that they can have a, a real estate partner that actually cares about all their well, like about everything in their life. Um, I think that's and it's really hard to do because there's just so much time that goes out, right? So it's it's when you're working for them, it's really you know, I just wrap their stuff into my into into mine sometimes. Um, and, and a third thing, I, I'm not really sure. I think it's just how I how I thank uh, people for the business that they trust me with. I think that's another thing that I try to do a little bit differently is just try to um, say thanks in a different way. How do you say thanks in a different way? Well, we've done different things, like we like we did with Lydia. Is like you know, take her out and give her some personal, more face to face time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or just treat them to like hockey games yeah. or just you know make sure that you have some sort of client appreciation event where you can invite them back out to to say thanks again and just try to touch touch them in in that in those sort of different ways instead of just sort of like a card with like you know you know try to find something that they really like um, and you know just give some thanks because you know you're making a, a, a pretty good commission so uh, there is enough money to go around to um, you know to, to say thanks for sure so you know Ross has taught us a lot about business and life and then starting it in your own business especially um, you know not everyone kind of comes out of the gate um, like white hot you know and something that sticks to it and has perseverance and goes um, to, to, to be one of the top 10% in our business in the course of three, five years, uh, was able to achieve that is, is pretty phenomenal and it's, it's very impressive. And, uh, you know, I've just been so lucky to be able to work with him every day. But besides that, you know, Ross is a human being, he's a person, and he is a very interesting person as well. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I've gotten to know him personally over the, over the last five years working together with him in his office. And I always notice something that's really interesting about him is he always, uh, in his office, he always has like Star Wars stuff. <laughs> so I'm always curious. So what does that mean to you? Like, you know, obviously uh, growing up, like did you watch the movies a lot? Were you like enthralled? Oh, I'm just like you, Mike. We're just, <laughs> we're just big nerds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I mean, you have a little, you have a little pop toy there too. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about, I have a couple like Star Wars pop toys and one of them was a gift and the other one was when like the last Star Wars movie came out and I just picked something up and I felt like, well, you can't have an, a fun office and not have any fun things in there. And it's funny that Michael's talking about my Star Wars stuff. He's got a little Star Wars <laughs> toy too, uh, in his office. And I think like injecting a little personality into your office is important just to make sure that it's just not a workplace, that it is like you kind of personalize it. So I think I was just nerding out a little bit. Yeah. What, uh, what type of nerdy activities do you do still? Like when you grew up, did you have anything that you were huh. obsessed with? Yeah, video games probably. Yeah? I still play video games. Yeah. Which ones? Like, I am just played God of War. That was fun. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes, you know, being an entrepreneur, you, you know, you have to have some way to blow off steam. And, you know, whether you're a fitness freak or, like, you like while playing God of War, I think it's good to have different hobbies and, and to be really open and, and authentic about, you know, what, what you like to do to, to, to have fun. And I think... Uh, I've learned so much from my hobbies that I apply to my business that it is like I love board games, I love card games, I love strategy and um, I, I've been doing that since I was like a very young kid. I love board games and I love strategy games and I've used everything that I've learned from those games in my business and I felt that it was so impactful for me to just like have that outlet and I, I really enjoy it. and so. And, and to, to utilize that for my business is really is really key. And so um, I know a lot of people that like Star Wars love the idea of good and evil, love the idea of like uh, a huge a universe, and then you're just like a small component of a huge thing. So there's so many different lessons to be learned. So it just depends on what you know you're into. <laughs> and I think should you shouldn't be like my girlfriend right now is really into the garden. She's like obsessed with the garden. She's basically in the garden all day long growing food that we could buy for a dollar <laughs> she's like she's like every day I come back and we're looking at zucchini and and stuff like that and you know what I'm just so thrilled because I think passion is, is something that's really important 
passion for whatever it is, whether that's your work or whether that's for your garden or whether that's for Star Wars collecting or whatever it is, I think it's, it, it's a huge part of, you know, being uh, like a complete person and not just a real estate robot. And so, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, Ross, is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners or anything like that before we sign off? Just remember, you do you. <laughs> what does that mean, Ross? You do you. Yeah, what does that mean? It just means, it's like a saying that I learned when I was traveling. It's like, you do you just means you be yourself. And if that's what you want to be is successful, like, go out there and be successful. Find, you're going to, like, meet people that are going to take you down. And there's going to, you're going to meet people who are going to, lift you up and you got to surround yourself with like-minded people who will keep you motivated and keep you energized and when you're starting out and you're and you need to keep on going you need to just to be around those people all the time so you know when you're trying to be you and you want to be successful in this industry you have to make sure that you're with the right group of people that's huge so having the right community of people around you that are going to be supportive and are going to help you is, is going to contribute in a great way for, for you to be able to, to succeed and do the things that you want to do. Well, Ross, thank you so much for being part of our podcast today. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much, and we look forward to it next time for Episode 3.